0: We know that he was in terrible distress. Now, in verse 2, it says this. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Now, this verse is just for the ladies. Men, you don't have to listen to this verse because the word for distress is actually the Hebrew word for pain when women are giving birth. So, you know, that's how bad Jonah felt. I think the only male equivalent is if you pass kidney stones. That is it. I tried to, I was going to jump out of the window of the hospital, It was the only time I felt like committing suicide. It was just awful. So I'm glad that I've never had to give birth. But that's what the passage is, the verse is about. That was the the extent of his suffering. And some of us may well have been there in the past. There are other verses which remind us of the fact that he was actually going to die. In verse 6, it says this to us. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever. And in verse 7, he says... When my life was ebbing away. Now, the question is this. We know the story and we know that God saves Jonah. But there are some things about our own relationship with God and prayer that come out of this passage that I hope might be helpful. My first question and the first issue to look at is this. How does God respond to Jonah? You see, Jonah is disobeying God. And we all do that at various times. You know, last week I preached on that passage in, uh, our, I mentioned the passage in Colossians chapter 3, where we are reminded how we ought to live and how we often sort of go away from what God wants us to do. So, how does God treat us? How does God treat Jonah? when he disobeys? Does he say to Jonah, you have made your own bed, you lie in it? Or, you got yourself into this mess, you get yourself out. Does God ignore Jonah because he is being rebellious? Or does Jonah... Take the attitude, well, I've done the wrong thing, therefore I cannot approach God. That might be the attitude we take at times. Well, what do we learn? Jonah is disobedient. God could have said to him, you made your own bed, lie in it. Go to a watery grave. But we know that God listens to Jonah. Jonah. You know, human beings are really good at making life hard for themselves. Sometimes we bring things upon ourselves. And we are even better at times of making life hard for other people because of our sinfulness. And yet, in either situation, God listens I think we can take that out of this passage. Here is Jonah. God has specifically spoken to him. And Jonah is heard. And so, in spite of his disobedience, God is displeased with Jonah. There is no doubt about that as God is displeased with our sin. But he is there and he will listen. We might think, I am not good enough to talk to God now. But God forgives sin. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sin and heal us and forgive us and so the same was for Jonah as it is for us don't ever take the attitude of I cannot approach God he won't listen Jonah is a classic illustration for us of the fact that he will listen no matter what we have done. The second thing that I want to draw out is that God delivers Jonah from a terrible tragedy. Now, he doesn't always deliver. You know, some of you know that my mum was a paraplegic. She was a paraplegic for 31 years. Others of you have people who suffer whose life isn't what you would want it to be. And God, in his severe mercy, may well choose to allow them to continue in that situation. But at other times, God does deliver, does save people. And so, go to him. Talk to him about the things that make your heart ache, Sometimes God provides through ordinary circumstances and sometimes it is from something miraculous. Another thing that we can learn from this passage of the scriptures is that God's timing is perfect. I wish he would act more quickly sometimes. The most common phrase my wife uses with me is I don't need it at this exact moment, but later, could you do? (laughs) I'm not inclined to wait, but God makes us wait, and God's timing is perfect. Think of this story for a moment. Jonah gets on a ship. God hurls a great wind at the ship. They throw Jonah overboard. And by some fluke, chance happening, good luck, a big fish comes by and swallows him up? Or is it the sovereign control of God of all things? I don't think there are any such things as fluke, chance, bad luck or good luck. All things are in the sovereign hand of God and his timing is absolutely perfect. God acted in a very peculiar way but still he brings about his sovereign purposes And his sovereign purposes always come with perfect timing. Then we know. So yes, we can pray. Even when we don't feel like it, even when we feel ashamed that we have done the wrong thing or we have caused the difficulty, God, get me out of it, is still a prayer. And God, as the psalm said, is compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And as we know, Jonah is saved. It says to us in verse 9, But with shouts of grateful praise will I sacrifice to you what I have vowed to make good. In other words, he thanks God and a lesson for us in regards to prayer. Sometimes we see God as our, just our peer, personal assistant. We make our list of prayers to him, what we want done, and that's it. I saw a Peanuts comic comic the other day. The child's beside the bed, and he's praying, and he says, Dear God, you know what I said yesterday? Same thing. (laughs) His brother grabs hold of him and says, let's try that again. (laughs) But often that's how we pray, isn't it? And then when we get what our list has got on it, what do we do? We just forget it. Rather than saying, thank you, God, that this is what you have done for us. And then it says this in the passage, in verse 9, I will say salvation comes from the Lord. The book of Jonah causes people a lot of problems. They think, how can a fish swallow a man? But you see, the important question isn't that. The important question is Can God raise people from the dead? It's small biggies for a fish to swallow a whale in comparison to someone dying on a cross, being in a tomb from Friday to Sunday and rising again from the dead. That is a far greater issue. And Jesus says that. They say, give me a sign. Give us a sign. Well, he's been giving them signs. He's fed 5,000. He's walked on water. He's turned water into Hermitage Grange. You know, he's done all these things and they still say, show me a sign. And he said, well, you'll get one sign and that is the sign of Jonah. And what is that? It is the resurrection of Jonah from a watery grave. Now, we know Jonah wasn't dead, but figuratively speaking, he was. And that, of course, is where we're at, isn't it? We believe that God can raise the dead. People often say, well... If only God would speak to me. You see, that's their problem. You see, the great furore at the present time in the newspapers about people not believing in hell and believing what Israel Falau has written, What they keep saying, I don't believe there's a hell. Well, why don't they believe there's a hell? Well, they don't believe the Bible. It's as simple as that. It comes down to that which is illogical. For there is more historical evidence of Jesus having lived at the time. There's more things written about him having lived and they wrote about him not long after than Julius Caesar. And we believe that other people live. Now, although I might look That old, I wasn't around when Captain Cook came. But I believe Captain Cook came to Australia. Why? Because eyewitnesses wrote about him. We believe that Florence Nightingale lived and worked. Now, none of you were there, but you believe it. Why? Because... Eyewitnesses saw it, saw her and testify to what she did and we read about it in books. Joan of Arc, we weren't there. People wrote about it. If they can believe in Florence Nightingale and Joan of Arc and Captain Cook Why can't they believe about the resurrection of Christ? They choose not to believe the Bible. And Jesus himself understood that. For he told the parable of Abraham and Lazarus, of Lazarus dying and going to be with God, and the rich man going to hell, and he cries out, send somebody to tell my brothers not to come here. And Jesus' reply is they have the prophets, they have the word of God. If they will not listen to that, they won't listen to anything. And it's the same today. We have God's word. And that is how we came to a faith, isn't it? Somebody told us what the Bible said and we believed it. My friends, if we have a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no situation on which we cannot call upon God to help us. God is the perfect postman. He always delivers he hears our prayers. Pray, even when you don't think you have a right to come in here to His presence, and hang on to the truths of the Scriptures that we will be resurrected. Paul writes these words. Listen. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.